you find yourself swept away by the constant change and turmoil around you? Whether personal or professional, these challenges can keep us from living a life of peace and productivity. I'm Liz Hurl, a licensed clinical marriage and family therapist, and I want to show you data-driven strategies to help bring stability and peace to your life. Welcome to the Anchored in Chaos podcast. We are back. We are back. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I was being silly. That's so outside of my personality. We're, we we had such a long subject matter last time. We're breaking into two parts. Yes. Part two of Understand Myself, the personality test that mm-hmm. Dr. Jordan Peterson and his associates created, and we have dived into it personally. Right. And so we've covered a little bit of ground. If you've hopefully you've watched part one, this is part two of that. Yeah. But a small recap would be the big five personality models, which are right. So it's broken down into five basic classifications. And those see classifications, wrong word, categories, right? So traits and aspects. Traits and aspects. Characters. Thank you. It's right there in the writing. First being agreeableness. Mm -hmm. There is conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and openness. Mm -hmm. So to recap, there are subcategories of each. Mm -hmm. Under the first of aspects. Aspects. See, she reads. I don't. Under agreeableness, there is compassion and politeness. Mm -hmm. Right? Under conscientiousness, it's broken into industriousness and orderliness. Orderliness. Nice pronunciation. Get it out that gun. There we go. Extroversion (laughs) is then broken into enthusiasm and uh, assertiveness. The neuroticism is broken into withdrawal and volatility. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least is openness, which is composed of intellect and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Now, we're, we're careful to make sure that as we go through that, that intellect has nothing... This isn't a comparison to IQ. This isn't an IQ test. That's Absolutely right. Not. That's right. right. That's right. So where we left off was actually extroversion. So we're going to pick up from there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, again, ideally, if you had followed along in part one, this is part two of that. Yeah. So we are going to dive right back into that. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is extroversion? And well, we'll kind of recap. You want to state that? And then we'll, of course, give our scores. Sure. Actually, you read your recap on yours because we're structured a little bit different on the way that it's composed. Oh, that is true. Mine, I ranked, I ranked a 94%. Very high. Very, very high. I was just high. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm, oh, never mind. It's, it has to do with, mine is very, very high. So here's a descriptor of yes, mine. Yes, that's right. I, high in extroversion, a dimension of positive emotion. Extroversion is a measure of general sensitivity to positive emotions, hope, joy, anticipation, and approach approach towards particularly social situations. The two aspects of extroversion are, again, enthusiasm and assertiveness, right? So mine reads very much the same mm-hmm. because I'm high and I'm at 86%. Mm-hmm. I'm not nearly the 94 that not you are. Not as perfect as me. Mm-hmm. But yes, so we're, we're in line there. Since extroversion and introversion are poles, poles, yes, that, oh, that opposing, oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, opposing, that denote the ends of the spectrum for this trait. You can also think of yourself as being low in introversion. Correct. Yeah. So that makes sense for me. Right. I am. Uh, that's true. That's true. That, oh, that, that, you would agree me. with that, then? Yes. I would agree with that because sure. I was really kind of surprised. I this is a part where I I welcome a lot of feedback from 
viewers and listeners, and even Dr. Peterson himself, because I have written all over this page, no, not me, what? This isn't me at all. So there we go. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then again, because it's just it's just the way that we're made up. See that not me very big? I agreed highly with some of these things. I, there are a few things I'll question, but I'm going to read to you the first paragraph as a descriptor, and I want to my my notes on here were actually bingo, right? Mm -hmm. So people with very high levels of extroversion are very enthusiastic, talkative, assertive in social situations, and gregarious. They are highly energized by social contract and crave it. They find great pleasure in planning parties, telling jokes, making people laugh, and taking part in community activities. They typically have positive memories of the past, high levels of current self-esteem, particularly if they're low in neuroticism, which I am, and experience far above average optimism for the future. Mm -hmm. I tend to be that way. Yeah. So mine is almost verbatim, the exact same descriptors, mm -hmm. and none of that is me. So unfortunately, Dr. Peterson, you got it wrong. And because the last thing I do is the, I really underlined the crave it part, Right. the typical energized, but social contact and crave it. That is the most vile repulsive idea to me that I could ask. <laughs> so no, that is not it. So I, I do think it's interesting because there are little parts of it that I'm like, oh, as I read, as I go down, I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds like me. We, um, we of, of all of these, we talked the most about this. Yes. This was the one I was really, we did. really surprised. In, be in because I, I take, I, in my evaluation of you and mm -hmm. as, as our, mm -hmm. in our personal experience over the many routes we've been together, is that I see many of these elements in you, although you, t you tell me you don't crave that, but I see you excel in that. Right. Right. right? Yes. I, I should win an Oscar for my acting <laughs> abilities, just for the record. So and what I'm saying there, oh, the mask we wear. No. What I'm saying is that, yes, I would honestly believe that a lot of people in my life would say, you're absolutely energetic and talkative and, you know, I, I don't crave social situations, yeah. and, but I am assertive when I'm in them because if I'm in them, I got to deal with them. Yeah, true. true so, enough, true but enough. it's not something that I guess that I, I'm, I'm characterizing this as I'm thinking about it more as something of a higher quality of my personality that I like. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a part of my personality that I'm not mm -hmm. fond of. Not that I'm a little self-perspective. Okay, there. so we're doing okay. a little analysis here. Are we? Yes, okay. we are. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, maybe that's just... Okay, so now here's here's where I hit a little, ro little road bump. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. People who are uncommonly extroverted have a difficult time keeping things to themselves, which I find a little interesting and tend to tell everyone about everything. Not even it's a not, little bit. That's not typically me, but of course, don't tell anybody of course I'm, I'm always aware of the fact that I think of myself one way and then there's the person I know and there's the person that people know of me. So according to this, very difficult in self-disclosing, meaning I have a hard time disclosing stuff about myself. That is me particularly with high neuroticism. Again, I'm low. That's right. And they uh, warm up rapidly to others. They're usually first to speak in openings. Um, they can be extremely captivating and convincing, and they uh, will often be the first to act. Typically true. We've talked about social situations where I'm usually the first to act. So, you know, I am really doing some self-respected now that I've had even a couple oh, more days. Of oh, it just it's sunk in a little. Now, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. I'm, the more I think about 
certain social interactions because I don't do them a lot. I'm not mm-hmm. very social. And I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm antisocial. I just social engagements really drain me. <laughs> and I was thinking back, I shared with you, I went to an incredibly fun 80s birthday party for a friend of mine. Sure. I remember. And when I reflect back on that, I am a little bit ridiculous. Like my friend was listening to this. She would disagree and say I was a lot of ridiculous. But, yeah. but I remember, you know, walking into the room and just being, you know, very engaging and pulling people to the dance floor and being very, you know, and it's when I think about that part of me, I, it's almost like looking outside, like who's, who's that over there? Like, so so I'm getting, I'm getting there when I think about it, I'm getting there. So you're, you're having some recap on some different occasions. On my personality, like in moments that I've been in social settings. Yeah. This it's, I think it's important that we take just a second to realize why that possibly happened. Remember there's a certain mood that we take the test in. There's a certain mood that we re- evaluate what we read. There's a certain mood in what, when, what we have and when we review and remember things. So those things can intertwine and then maybe they don't all jive. But when you're in a good spirit, you'll find good spirits in in some of the past events. So that's interesting. It's interesting that you're taking, you're reevaluating, taking stock in some different things. Because this is actually just new, right? This is kind of revelatory to you. Yes, right now, as I'm thinking about what, uh-huh, as I uh-huh, read uh-huh. into the descriptors, uh-huh. I see that, oh, well, maybe I, oh, okay, I can see where I am. I went to a, um, I thought about this earlier today. I'm like, you're a little bit ridiculous, Liz, which is just acceptance of self there. But I'd went to a training with a colleague and we were at, oh, like a the, the hotel bar area and they were playing really loud music. And a song came on and I got out of the bar stool and just started dancing right next to the table. And she was, of course, laughing like, well, this is just par for the course for you. And I didn't even, and oh. then this couple behind me was like, oh. get it, girl. And it was just kind of funny oh, and everyone was laughing. And I think in those moments when I look back on that Liz, I'm like, why do you, how, what is happening? Like, I don't think of myself okay. in those moments. Yeah. So maybe, perhaps. So maybe. Just under the surface, right. all it takes is a little laugh. I was just trying to educate people on awesome 80s music cool. at the time, or 90s at that time. But anyhow. Okay, so in continuation with mine, because I'm very high in extroversion. That checks out for you, by the way. I I've seen you. Oh my goodness, you were, you're, I told you, you're the guy walking in the room. Hey, five, hey, five, hey, five. Yeah, huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> this guy. Whatever. And I'm just like over there in the corner, like, what is he doing? Whatever. Okay. High in extroversion. I make I make a strikingly enthusiastic employee. Yes, you do. I'm well suited for most jobs, including sales situations of persuasion. Apparently, working in groups and public speaking, particularly once again, if you're low in neuroticism, which I am, they are uh, not suited for all occupations, and very quite specifically those that isolate me, those that you know, accounting, quite your um, light. Yeah, computer work, proofreading documents. And, oh, yeah, so although, I, although I do love reading and research, that's that's not a job, right? That's not a job. That's something I enjoy, but I would agree with that. I would very much agree with that. People with very high extroversion can also be highly impulsive. Now, when I look back on that, that's something I that's something when I tried to weigh in my life, I'm not very impulsive. So I want to challenge you and kind of consider something because when I read that too, mine's just, since you're just very high and I'm just high, mine is the same sentence. Mm-hmm. And we all, we've talked about this in, in the first part of the this episode or the first part of the series of Understand Myself, that the verbiage 
can be very similar, but there are certain words changed because if one's higher than the other, but mine does state the very same statement, mm -hmm. except that it just states you're high in extroversion, particularly when it comes to having fun in social settings. So that really kind of par for the course, I would have you reflect in a time that I was just sharing that, you know, I was out with a colleague, we were having fun, we were having dinner, and I got up and was doing a little jig by the table. That sounds kind of weird, but, and I had fun and, and other people around me were laughing and we were having a good time. And I, and it was very impulsive. Like I was like, this is my, and I got up and I stood up next to the table and I did a little dance and she was laughing. It was just me being um, silly, but. I, it begs to, it begs to the question, how many drinks in were you? No, none. None. Well, I, I was drinking an alcoholic beverage, but I wasn't intoxicated yeah. by any means. Yeah, okay. So. And that's, I'm really glad you said that. That's another part of like unveiling other pieces sure. of your personality. There's is that many layers type to of, that onion. You yeah. Oh, heavens. Yeah. We haven't even covered that how alcohol and drugs would affect your personality. Yeah. yeah. Good or bad. But no, <clears throat> I was in the process of drinking mm -hmm. an alcoholic beverage, mm -hmm. but it wasn't anything of that nature. Yeah. In our discussion that we had about alcohol, we did have the discussion, yes, mm -hmm. about alcohol. Yeah, we we just didn't did really, run over alcohol impact. We did on your memory. Yeah, there. we we didn't. Yeah, we didn't really go into man. It can change a person. It re can really change people. Right. Well, we did. Although we I get examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Good so point. my question is, when I state that, to circle back around for li everyone listening, is that is there a moment that you were in a group of people that you kind of did something behaviorally impulsive or verbally impulsive? that you generally wouldn't do? Well, it's yes. If the answer is yes. You're welcome. It is, it is yes. I don't, okay, I'm trying to be as critical and as truthful as I possibly can. I'm not silly. I, I don't do silly. Oh, you're definitely not silly. I don't do silly. Yeah, yeah. But I will. I'm not silly. I will say stuff to really shock people sometimes, which is kind of funny. I think it's funny. You're the only one, but yes. I'm the. Mm. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm the one that finds, now, in my life, this is true, I have spoken at nine different funerals. In Even in a very solemn situation like that, I try to find the humor, right? So I will say some things that will make kind of sit people back, but I'm trying to draw the best of every occasion. That's, that's and I And I believe it, right? that. I'm trying to draw the best out of every occasion. So, so uh, we're not going to be working in computer programming accounting. I will not. No, I will not be doing that. I don't even, I, I leave all that to you. I am not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not a Luddite, but I have no interest in tech stuff. Yeah, I'm quite aware. What, and why is that? And I've told you why that is. Because when the lights go out, all you have is these and this and yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's I see. will say that this is something that I did attribute to self, and that is they are easily distracted by opportunities to chat, joke, and socialize. And I can sometimes be doing something and if I get in conversation or it's easy for to drag me away from something if I'm yeah. engaging. Yeah. And so it's yeah. easy for me to get distracted by a conversation. Mine, mine indicates that I have the same, I have the same capability of being slightly distracted. Um, I tend to be, this was interesting too, tend to strongly, tend, tend strongly to sacrifice the future to the present. So here is a perfect example. I'm so glad you said this yes. because I think not that I want to, you know, dis, you know, well, I dissect that this exam is exactly what we're doing, but there's a lot of contradiction in this. Yes. But in reality, I think our personality contradicts itself yeah. sometimes. 
And so I said that I, I'd made notes on other as, other parts of this. And I'm like, well, this directly contradicts what I do here. But then if I think about self, mm-hmm. I contradict myself all the time. You know, sometimes um, I say all the time. So there are components. There are components to this. We have time to talk about this. So I'm going to bring a couple things to the table here. Bring it. In a situation like this, I have shared this with others that I find possess qualities similar to mine. Militarily, physically, or I should say athletically, competitively, there are times you will hear me say to burn the boats, literally burn the bridge, because you need to put yourself out there and see what you're made of. And that is putting yourself in a situation, man, I'm not sure I can... I've been in situations on snow-packed mountain ridges where I didn't know if I was going to get home or not. And the only way I got home is I rolled down the mountain. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't rolled down the mountain and saved myself all that time, I might have died. But in this situation, that is literally I'm sacrificing my future. Excuse me. I'm yeah, I'm sacrificing a possible future for the for the present. And that is, I need you to get through this now. Mm-hmm. Don't think about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Look, we got to get through this now. Sure. Right. Right. But it's interesting because it was a volatility that I think it was, it contradicts the other side yes, of it, right? right? I think that's it was right. volatility for you. That's right. That you are <coughs> much more prone, prone to, to not, to not take shortcuts in the, in yeah, that's the, right. Uh, but I, I definitely think it's, you know, we talked, I, I always yeah. pose different questions to you. Yeah. The other day I just, I said to you, what do you value more yeah. mercy or justice or justice or mercy? Oh yeah. That was and, an excellent question. Though. And just because I was curious of your feedback, like those mm-hmm. thought provoking. It's a long discussion. It was, it was a long discussion. Yeah. But what, what we kept saying is there's a lot of relativity to those situations. Each situation, yeah. Then just being black and white. Yeah. So, anyhow. Uh, part of, part of that, I think, has to do in the extroversion part. Part of it, excuse me, is the, is I know several pastors who have had hard times. Pastors don't make a lot of money. Oh, absolutely not. But I have, you know, they've come up against hard times and in counsel or confidence with me, I've said, you know what you need to do is take those, take those last 10 bucks, take your, take your whole family out to dinner, have a really good dinner. That's an ex, that's a, that's an extremely risky thing to do when you got bills over your head. And right. you're not, but you know, there's a part of it is that you need to get through today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to put something in the wind column to start to spin things different. Absolutely. So go out, you know. Drop all your armor, go out, enjoy yourself, knowing that tomorrow morning you get up and you start all over. And you know what? Sometimes you start over in a brand new suit of armor. You're you're good to go, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's refreshing. Right, so it's a reset. That, that's an opinion. That's that's kind of an opinion, an observation. I like that. Yeah, thanks. I'm full of those. You're full of something. Individuals are extroverted and conscientious. They are more productive than if they're introverted and conscientious. Yeah. And I think that's just probably the willingness to explore and be creative and be engaging versus being quiet and, and resistant to uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's really introversion is just that piece of like, this is my safe space. And others, I'm not saying there's, you know, that's going to do what it's going to do for you. But I was sharing with you this morning at breakfast that I just noticed a young man that his, his tendency is when he busses a table, he goes right back to a corner and he's very much so in yeah. the corner. He will go bust a table and he would go right back to the corner. He was he was not for in interacting with the public. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And <laughs> bless uh, his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. That's right. We found out that he has an association with another employee, and that pro- employee is probably very much their anchor and safe person. Right. Yeah. So he 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 
does his little job, I would very much agree. He probably would rather be someplace else. But he does his job, probably does it pretty well, and then he goes right back over into a safe spot, and that's where he stays. That's right. Very high, uh, very high in extroversion, highly dominant in social situations. Yeah, that's you. Particularly if they are low in agreeableness, which I am too. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's highly dominant in social situations. That's okay. I, I have to accept that. Less agreeable and if you're not watching, I'm pointing to less agreeable extroverts tend to be self-centered, something that can be made worse if they are also low in conscientiousness. That's Which I'm not. You are not. So that just barely saves you. There's that's something, boy, that's something to do some couch time on. I hadn't, I didn't pay much attention to that. I highlighted I a, a number of Yeah, I think they consciously you. avoided not highlighting that. Those who are politically liberal are slightly less extroverted than conservatives. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's do the men to women ratio. Yeah. Uh, men to women. Women are slightly more extroverted than men. The mean percentile for women in general population is about 52. Men are about 48. That's why I find it striking that I got 94. Something to work on. I That's, I'll think about that while I do my nails. What's next? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. What'd you get? I'm typical, actually, or average. I think I'm pretty enthusiastic. What's the, what's the number? You oh, I'm from? sorry. 53. 53. Loser. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, no, I see it. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I got a 64. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, that's true of me. Individuals moderately high in enthusiasm are somewhat excitable, happy, easier to get to know. They'll talk to you more often, particularly other people than your typical person, they love to laugh. Yes. And my I like this one where it said they are essentially moderate in their positive emotion for a person such as myself. Mm -hmm. And they will talk to people about things and find that they find particularly interesting, but tend to keep quiet, more quiet otherwise. And that is something that I that resonated for me is that I, I love to ask people questions. Yeah. And just will sit and listen sometimes just for, I mean, <laughs> I'm a therapist. Yeah. And then sit and listen to the feedback, but but just engage engaging conversation because I love to, I'm a nerd. I love to learn. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my family and friends and people I'm around in different situations know that this component of extroversion, this is, I'm the guy who will always ask odd questions and I'll get a rib, you know, I'll get a rib shot. I've asked people in an elevator, hey, how'd you lose your leg? Mm -hmm. I've asked people on crutches, why are you on crutches? I've asked people in wheelchairs, how'd you end up in a wheelchair? And people don't ask questions like that. But the thing I have to say about that is those people have a story. Mm -hmm. And if you genuinely come up and you go, hey, how did you lose your leg? They'll tell you. Mm -hmm. oh, they want to tell you. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people, I don't want people to shrink back from people who are suffering or in pain. Right? I'm sorry. Especially late in life when... We see people get older and they start to, you know, much of what they have mentally, physically starts to melt away. We all shrink back because mm -hmm. we become, we become awkward about yeah. it. We need to stop doing that. That's, that's part of what I, I'm driving for. Really. Well, and I think that the stop doing a part is a little challenging because of the simple fact that people are, have different personality tra types, traits, and attributes. Yeah. So that's kind of why they yeah. you know what they do. Yeah. Now this, I really quickly have to add. I have made a note on this page, and that is, yet extroversion states the opposite. So I was pretty excited that I, this is a, a part where I see that there's a contradictory from what extroversion stated about me to what enthusiasm is stating about me. So clarify. What it, so 
Let me explain. Yeah. They like to laugh and, and joke, but not excessively. They don't crave the spotlight. That is so he likes it. Wow. Let's see. They enjoy parties in moderation. True. True enough. And generally like to be around people, but they like to spend time alone. That is me yet again. Yeah. They don't warm up immediately to others, particularly in groups, and they can keep their own affairs private. That's where I made the note that in extroversion, it stated that I like that that individual likes to overshare basically and can't keep things to themselves. So I'm like, this is a complete contradictory to what you just stated. I was an extroversion. Yeah. But again, there are components of it's not a, these, these aren't black and white. These are components of, and in every situation, especially social situations, you know, in every, every situation there's, I don't know what the distribution of people, you know, versus don't know. I've known them my whole life. I've only known them a few minutes. So that, that comfort level is probably exactly what dictates that. Right. But it was just going back to the fact that I think that it it is interesting. It is. Not just the, the, the test. Yeah, I'm talking about ourselves. We don't intentionally mean to contradict who we are, but I think there's so many parts of us that how one part of us unfolds and is represented in a social setting than in, you know, a professional setting is going to obviously look Yeah. Different. In mine, because mine's rather high, it'd say... I have, I would rather spend time with other people than alone. They tend to like parties. They don't. They like to keep people at a distance, which they don't like to keep people at a distance. I don't know. That's probably true. Now, it's only two social situations that I know I always enjoy, and that's the gym and church, right? That's that's when I really like to give people hugs and encourage and have family, and those those things are, but not, I, can't, I can't think of any other social situation, but I guess it's an adaptive skill, right? Those are those are things developed. Those are as innate as a gift as you could ask for, truly, True. right? Well, even though ranking really high in extroversion, I was crippling shy as a kid. And it's, I just find that strange. Well, and I think that just like I shared with you in part one of this, and that is if we would have taken this test 10, oh, 20 yeah. years ago, obviously it's going to represent different. Good point. Yeah. If you'd taken a 10 and 20 and 30 and yeah, that's right. Yeah, ideally yeah. you should be evolving and growing. Ideally. Yes. That's why I said ideally. Some don't No. Some peak. Yeah. They don't. There's, no, no. Well, I, I wouldn't say peak. I wouldn't say peak. I would say some become stagnant. Okay. Okay. That's just personal perspective. Because people like me like stimulation, excitement, activity, and fun. Enthusiastic, enthusiastic people are gregarious, encouraging. People loving, they tend to be quite positive, no matter about what might happen next. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I mean, even... even Live in the moment. Well, it's... Um, when you got it, the time. Sometimes, yeah. It's It literally... There are times, lots of... There's lots... We, life is suffering. Get used to it. You better learn how to, you know, pick up your cross and carry it. And if you can carry others, good. Good for you. That would be part of my part of my shtick but you know i think i'm positive about most situations although there we get into the just the just dread of politics and where our society is going it can really drag you down so you know let's just we'll just generally keep it at that enthusiasm is not strongly associated associated with political preference. Women are typically higher in enthusiasm than men men are the mean percentile for women about 55 and men is 45, which again, I was way over that, which I find interesting. Again, I'll talk to my hairstylist about what's next. You just email the because mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get right he back to you. He won't talk to me after you <laughs> piss him off. So, <laughs> <I'm> not- 
I have a strong appreciation. No, no, I know. We're huge fans. Which, which, by the way, we're... We're going to go meet and greet him. We're going to so go see That's the pretty man. big. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. I don't think I've ever... What is the tour? Oh, you know, he's always so prolific yeah. in his titles. Something about searching to talk with God or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something well, along the last... It, it is another one of his biblically focused talks. Yes. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the title, but... Yeah, we get to go see him next month. It's brand new. Yeah. So we're on to assertiveness. Assertiveness. I How do you score? Very high, 95%. I get a 98. Yeah. That's, it's, I'm not competitive at all. Yeah, that's not winning. That's, <laughs> oh, there's losers. Okay, so very assertive people are take charge types. They put their own opinions forward, uncommonly strong, and they tend to dominate and control social situations. Very assertive people can be strikingly influential and captivating. They have the communication style that is often associated with leadership. Yeah. Is that pretty much what you're saying? Yeah, I don't okay. have to I don't have to go very go back very far in my resume of either personal, private, or professional activity to know that that's the case. Yeah. I you know, I, I was a bouncer. I, I did a lot of things that were very physical and mm -hmm. sure. there's times you have to take care of situations and yeah the long story we'll we'll share that at some point but it's just strange in my life that come from this scrawny little kid and then into an athlete and all of those things but mm -hmm. you know hopefully you can take it take a look at that under a very objective microscope and say yeah i did do those things good or bad and no regrets right that's right. That's right. I do like that this is a good follow-up, that this is good when they are knowledgeable, competent, and able, but not so good when they aren't. <laughs> that is that is Dr. Peterson at his best. Yeah, well, <clears throat> how would you describe the people who think that they're knowledgeable, competent, and able when they aren't? What kind of personality <laughs> type would that be? Well... A narcissist? I, absolutely. I might narcissist. come. I mean, I thought, is this a trick question? No, it's no. It, it should best. be a grand slam. Yeah, I'm like, um, what? I've known those. Yeah. I've, I've known those. I'm many people. Know. I've known those. I, I've, you know, I'm in the, I'm on the medical side of the fence, and I'm in sometimes in the science side of the fence, and sometimes in the political realm of the fence. There are lots of people who think they know a whole lot of stuff, and they have no room to be questioned or to argue with, or, and in fairness, being a little bit too revelatory. I am prob I am completely prepared to be one hundred percent wrong. Like, in, in a discussion. Everybody should be. Yeah. Bingo. Everybody should be. Everybody should not be. Not everybody is. And there ways the highway. So So are, is this kind of, am I reading pretty much yep, along yep, with yours? Same okay. Thing. And that what I was gonna say this there's another impulsive place here for your personality that they don't wait for others to lead the way, but leap in heedlessly. They can be impulsive. In consequence, heedlessly, in, heedlessly, heedlessly. Okay, so and can act without thinking. I don't think that's me, but well, I do. And then just wrap it up. It's the mean percentile is in general. Women are slightly less assertive than men. Mm -hmm. And I was going to high because I was high. But women are forty-eight. Well, you're in pretty the good mean. dude. You're a pretty good dude. I'm a pretty good dude. And men were fifty-two. So there you go. Again, almost twice the men's score. Kind of strange. I'm extremely man and woman. Now I am gonna. I want to. I want to play with this for just a second. The uh, don't wait for others to lead the way. So you don't. I don't. Mm -mm. I don't. And I almost unabashedly do that sometimes. 
Here is an example. If I'm in a social group, I've been like this almost my whole life. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a social group and in the social group, we're all standing around with our hands in our pocket. You're like, I don't know what you do. What do you want to do? Well, oh, that's right. If yeah. I asked you mm-hmm. what you want to do and you go like, I don't know. Okay, we're doing what I want to do. Right. And if you guys don't want to come, don't come. You you always do it with me when you're like, all right, so when I, hey, what does everybody want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we're eating this. <laughs> it's not to be a tyrant. It's that. Uh, oh, sure, it is. It's that to be TikTok. We got choices our whole lives, and let's not let's yeah. not belabor no this. No dilly dally for if you, sir. Gonna, if it's going to be fine food, we do fine food. If it's going to be burgers or tacos or whatever, let's just go. Let's just go. We'll pick it up another time, right? That's right. Okay. So, perfect transition point is neuroticism, which surprised and me. This this one this, surprised me. This didn't. I don't know if it. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was okay. I, I don't know. This surprised me, and yet it is okay. I don't know. Well, just I, score. I was going to say the same thing. I was very low. Um, 34. 34, moderately low. Yeah, I got um, 42, which is typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typical or average. But it, it this surprised me because I think I would describe myself privately as being a bit neurotic because I don't have a lot of trust much of my uh, trust may be, a, I don't have a lot of confidence in the ability of others, mm-hmm. which makes me a bit neurotic sometimes. Yeah, my, I, I think that's... My, fa- my, my family, would, you would agree too. When we go, well, if I'm in a restaurant, I don't have my back to the door. I want to know where the exits are, I want to know all those things. And while that seems kind of silly and neurotic, it's just how I am. I don't. I just because in, um, of course, um, my husband being in law enforcement and working with military and law enforcement, yeah, really tracks very well. And your former military, so it's the situation. It's more, you know, mine is. I would argue it's about situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in traveling, I want to be near an exit, or I, you know, I'm I'm planning that I'm planning. But when we were, I was just looking at our flights for our upcoming trip to, I'm going to Kaizen. The Kaizen uh, in Florida. Yeah, that's right. Florida in Virginia. There we go. Yeah. And I was asking you which seats would you feel most comfortable in? Yeah. Because see, I don't care. So when you initially asked me. I said, I'll see. No. Okay. So she goes, do you want to, would you be okay sitting in the back? So. Immediately, I knew that was a no. So immediately it was a no. Mm -hmm. But then you know what my process is? Is I know I've looked into statistical stuff. No, not, not a science. It's just I look into when planes crash, what things survive? Tail sections over the wings. Have mercy. I know. I don't mean to be like that. I'm really glad we're on neuroticism. And then I and then I quickly go, okay. And I quickly just ignored it and, and put our seats where I knew they needed to go. <laughs> anyway. So neuroticism yeah. is a measure of general sensitivity to negative emotions mm-hmm. such as pain, sadness, irritability, or defensive anger, mm. fear, and anxiety. The two aspects of neuroticism are withdrawal and then volatility. Yeah, yeah. So what what you got there? Well, I have, you know, moderately low, but... Typical or average for me of neuroticism, have a balanced view of happiness and sadness, past, present, future. Yeah, I, 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 a low levels, because I'm in the low level section, I tend not to focus on negative elements and anxieties and uncertainties, which is, that is, I would definitely say, I try and not wrap myself. And that's interesting because the person I am <coughs> now... The areas of, of individual growth and pieces that I am now would definitely attune to that. But in the past, I would oh, I'd worry about, oh, all the coulda, shoulda, what is? I don't need that anymore. I'm like, well, it's all done. No, we're so not do about that. So this next, this next sentence, it's a very mm-hmm. short sentence, being typical or average, which I hate being typical or average, sometimes I'm unhappy. 
I'm anxious and irritable, particularly when I'm facing a genuine problem, but they generally cope well and they don't worry that much. And I told you, I have seen that in you Mm. when we were going through this. I think that just, you know, you're putting together your opening, you know, just even opening the new gym and and all the things you're very particular on your orderliness. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't flow in that format, it it agitates you and that dysregulates you a little bit. It does. Mm Mm-hmm. It does. I and it's so I wrote the shifts, word truth. Yeah. It shifts your mood and stuff like yeah. that. So I give you grace and you're welcome. Oh, that's nice. Uh-huh. How about you? They can have periods of times when they're unhappy, anxious or irritable, particularly when they're facing a serious problem mm-hmm. and they generally cope well. They don't worry too much and recover quickly, comparative, comparatively quickly with stress. They're pretty good at keeping their heads in a storm and they tend not to make mountains out of molehills. Mm-hmm. And I definitely... I think there are bigger things. You people start exacerbating a situation and a problem. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And that, so I really agreed with that. They tend to have higher levels of self-esteem, particularly yeah. those that are also above ravaging you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm um, not particularly at risk for developing anxiety disorders or depression. Sure. So I do think that I want to, I don't want to rattle over that too quickly because I think that for the mental health component, they are relatively low risk for developing anxiety right. disorders and depression. Right. So I, I thought that was. Yeah, uh, I would, I would tend to say um, not as more in alignment with the description that's given. In the in the past, it, it said that typically balanced with happiness, sadness. You're pretty even keeled about your past, present, and future. I think that's pretty true. I don't. It's not woe is me, and I don't dread this. Right. I'm not overly enthusiastic or embellish, you know, elements of my life. In fact, there there's com- components of that that you know I've been I've been accused of being kind of cold about some different situations. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, again, militarily, life expectancy. For people like us, I think, or I'm very realistic, right? Mm-hmm. Just We just need to press on. Mm-hmm. This isn't the end of the world. We press on. And that's a, you know, this part um, aspect of a personality can be really difficult for other individuals who have higher levels of it. This yes. is exactly why we're talking about. It's interesting for, you know, friendships and partnerships to, um, in intimate partnerships to take this exam and kind of yeah. evaluate, hey, maybe this is kind of we butt heads here or yeah. we are because you're higher in this and I'm lower in this. And so it gives you information to be able to have common ground with someone else. Yeah. And I think that's great within any type of partnership, especially intimate partner, yeah. which we talked about that there is a button on there to do one where you can collaborate with your partner and take the exam together. But I, I do think that some of these things sound, oh, well, this person is pretty even killed. Well, that can drive somebody else really nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think the cool, calm, calm disposition that comes... That's military training mostly, but it's also, you know, in times of firefight and fight or flight, you need to be able to keep your cool. Having been in situations, you know, face to face where people plan to do you harm, you have to keep your head about stuff like that. But more to the general public is that when you face these issues that can be maybe life altering, you know, maybe the decisions you make really impact the welfare of someone you love. I've had power of attorney over loved ones who have been in loved ones or people who are close to and give advice to them with this very same caveat that I would do, I would give you the best advice I would give my most loving person I would give to a stranger. I would do no harm to that. That's Mm -hmm. my makeup. But quite frankly is you need a calm head in the room. Everybody's losing their you know what, you need to be relatively calm about that. I just think that's important. 
And I think this is, you know, something that I, I often see and, and we have encouraged the kind of mentality in our society around using Dr. Google. Mm. And that is moderately low levels of neuroticism are associated with less concern about mental, mental, if I can talk, and physical health, mm-hmm. fewer physician and emergency room visits mm-hmm. and a lower than average degree of, you know, just concern around your basically yeah, right. yourself. And I'm actually, that can be a, a concerning thing if you're like, ignore something too long. Sure. You're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. What's denial? It, well, yeah, <laughs> said that too. But also not worrying too much about like, I have this little bump, so this must be something. And so, and then I Google Dr. Google, and then I go with WebMD, yeah. yeah, WebMD, all the things. Yeah. And well, I call it Dr. Google, Google because everyone goes down all these different rabbit holes with that. Yeah. And it's so unhealthy for an individual because that's, that is not, well, no, I got a, a you know, a medical article about, well, well it, you're absolutely not medically trained. But so. you know, I, what I find interesting, so <coughs> generationally, it's almost like this family shared disease plan. Well, my sister-in-law had that. Oh, well, then that's what you have for sure. Well, it's I mean, because this, of the genetic, well, it's a genetic component. So well, well just no, so you know. it's not just that. My sister's a really best friend. She had one. That's mm-hmm. what their dog died of. Oh, well, that's what your dog will die of. No, that's not how that works. But it, that's hard to talk people out of that. Very true. What do you got? People with average levels of neuroticism, neuroticism appear to neither seek out or avoid conflict or problems. They're interested in security. But they do handle recreational, career, financial, and social situations where the possibility of loss is higher. I tend to think that's true. I, I am an entrepreneur. I've done this a long time. I love taking on new risks. And I, it was my son who literally pointed out to me that I'm not like this person. I'm not like this person. I, I take risks other people don't, but I don't, it's not foolish. It's just that I think that all the I think that if I were to weigh it, it weighs heavily on my side, so I'll take the risk. Sure. Right? This is a reasonable strategy and generally dangerous in uncertain times. True? Yeah. True. So this little section I'm pretty sure you have it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna read that paragraph because yeah, it ahead. says Females tend to be higher in neuroticism than males. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of under the bar there. The typical woman is higher in neuroticism than 60% of the general population of men and women combined. In part, this may be why women report more unhappiness in their relationships at work, in school, and with their health than men on average, and why women initiate 70% of all divorces. Yeah. So I think that means that it's kind of like that trailing thought that this must be this and this must be that, you know, and that, you know, again, Jumping to conclusions of of yeah whatever might be so <clears throat> I'd like to follow these on the street polls and surveys and questionnaires they're really interesting they they're very revealing about our society anyway interviewer asks a man if you could have eighty percent of all of the qualities you've ever looked for in a woman would you be happy across the board absolutely every man said yes and you asked that same question of women almost every single woman said no. 80% is not enough. See, so even though it's informal, it's just a questionnaire, an informal poll, one version men seem to be more capable or willing to sacrifice to take on, whereas women see, no, those flaws are enough that don't make you financially secure, good potential for mating, for kids, whatever. Now, this is obviously my little armchair quarterbacking here. But when I see those things, I find that amazing, right? Well, and I find that... 
with reason and understanding. Because if these individuals, these young women that are being pulled, have had experiences in their life of yes. insecure and unstable men that has represented that a percentage of a person, a percentage of a man specifically equate to this ability to be strong and, and compassionate and caring and a protector. Well, I'm going to need a higher percentage of that because mm -hmm. my experience, my trauma, my, you know, life happenings, all the things have told me I need a higher level. Yeah. Potentially that's yeah. one avenue. I want to be very clear. The other side of that is societal belief systems of like, this is what you deserve there because you think so therefore. Therefore, you should have it, which is ridiculous. An entitlement. The entitlement piece, right. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a there's some combination things going mm -hmm. on there of I can see a, a woman saying, I need the highest percentage of a man I could get because I need to make sure those faults that they're going to be, I can I can manage those and, yeah. and have those. But then there, there's still these really strong abilities that they're going to be able to come yeah. in and have all these positive attributes. Good point that that, that those types of those types of surveys on the street, obviously. It would be interesting to see how that would question would pose men and women at age 20, at mm -hmm. age 30, at age 50, at age mm -hmm. 60. I would almost guarantee with a great high deal of certainty. Women in their 50s and 60s see different components of a man now for companionship. Oh, 100%. More than, their, more than the money and the wealth. They're mm -hmm. looking more for security and, and consistency and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I think age and, and, and time and experience, all those things play significant mm -hmm. factors. Sure. Us. So moving right along, we're on to withdrawal. Withdrawal, yeah. And what did it state about withdrawal is an aspect of neuroticism. Mm -hmm. What'd you score? And I got a 57. I'm kind of typical or average. And what are you? I got a 12. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Let's just talk about the average individual, well, such as myself. I find that bizarre. Anyway, oh, mo it? most of the people in, in this describe differently than me, far more than me. So you, you go with your first. Well, individuals average in withdrawal may occasionally suffer from anticipatory anxiety, mm -hmm. but are generally not impeded by it. They can handle news, uncertain, unexpected, or threatening complex situations quite well. That does describe me. Mm -hmm. They are not likely to avoid or withdraw in the face of the unknown and the unexpected. I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. So if the room were full... I might be worried about If it. the room were full of 87... Or 100 people, 87 uh -huh. people. Uh -huh. I'd be the last 12 standing. So <clears throat> tell me about yourself. Last 12. That's right. Final, front, the big 12. Okay. So individuals low in withdrawal rarely suffer from or, or are impeded by anticipatory anxiety. Mm -hmm. They can handle new, uncertain, unexpected, threatening, and complex situations well. And so similar to the They are substantially person. less likely to avoid a withdrawal from a face-to-face -face conflict unknown or unexpected. Mm -hmm. I happen to agree. I think it was, I think it was, I think I miss, I think I had misconceptions of what, what, what the withdrawal descriptor was. I think so too. Right. But according to this, it's not a bad thing. It's it's not None a bad thing. These are a bad thing. No, they're not. And they're not. And they're just, prof they're just profile, you know, these are. These are our little freckles. They are right, a little in our complex, yeah. Little specks of us. People with low levels of withdrawal tend not to feel sad, lone, lonesomeness, or disappointed or grief stricken. And they're if they are, it doesn't rest very long. Okay, that's you're that's on true. you're on, that's you're true on for me. same lane for me. That yeah, that, that's true for me. Even when actually hurt, frightened, or anxious, they recover easily. That's true too. I don't um, I don't ponder my wounds too long. Just yeah. and 
rub some dirt in it. I think that kind of goes back to the neuroticism of not worrying about things too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, because this is an aspect of neuroticism. So, there you go. Yeah. There's, I I think withdrawal has to do, you know, this may dispassionately be the wrong way to describe it. It's kind of your mental toughness. You know, it's just suck it up, buttercup, and move on. And not everybody has that. Again, this is one of those qualities where people like, oh, man, you're, you're a heartless. And I've, I have been. Yes, have you been. have been told. You yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Annie, yeah. those who are liberal partic- uh, politically are slightly higher, right? So uh, if you tend to be liberal, you're usually higher in withdrawal. Women are typically higher in withdrawal than men. They fall around the 60 points. And you're supposed to be 30 something? You were, you were midline on that one? I was typical. I was forty. I don't know. You got me. Yeah, I was. I was fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Yeah. So you're yeah, you're, so you're, you're very I'm, close. I'm an average woman. You're an average woman. All right. I'm and an I, average woman. I again have missed the mark. Yet again. So one up. part I did think that was interesting that you didn't state, and that's technically withdrawal has been associated with activity in the brain systems that regulate passive yeah. avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know that's a good point. You brought uh, that up. You're <clears> very welcome. That's why I'm here. That's a good point. Read that one more time. Okay. Okay. Typically, or excuse me, technically, Mm -hmm. I said the wrong word. Technically, withdrawal has been associated with activity in the brain systems that regulate passive avoidance. Hmm. That regulate passive avoidance. Maybe there's not as much discussion there as I thought. It's a little nugget of information. People with low levels of withdrawal are not worriers. Not warriors. They're not worriers. Warriors. I don't worry too much about stuff. It is what it is. You got to fix it, fix it. Yeah. Work yeah. harder, whatever. Yeah. The other describing point or aspect, aspect of that is volatility. Mm-hmm. I got a 77, which puts me on early high. What'd you get? Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Look at you. You, you are low in volatility. Volatility. I am at a moderately low 17. Yes. So <laughs> so we're going to have some, some big differences here. So yeah. go ahead and tell me about yourself. So, first of all, the descriptor. I'll, I'll read mine first. So, I'm relatively high, or I'm moderately high, in volatility. Volatility is an aspect of neuroticism. The other aspect is ner- of neuroticism is withdrawal. I'm of the 77th percentile, so I would be at the high, at the, at the top end of uh, 100 people standing in a room. Individuals moderately high in volatility tend to be somewhat in their mood. They can be more irritable. Then your typical person feeling disappointment, frustration, pain, social isolation somewhat more easily. I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that analysis of you completely. I'm my father's son. I am my father's son. Well, and the low volatility. Yeah, go ahead. Pretty stable folks over here. Predictable moods. Okay, whatever. They are not irritable and feel much less disappointment and frustration and pain and loneliness because I'm an overall pretty cool dude. Okay. People find them easy to- Show me where that's written. Right here. It's right here. (laughs) People find them easy to get along with and can often relax around them. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of compliments that you're easy to relax around, Liz. Well, that's good for the field of work you're in. Yeah, probably, probably, true, right? probably checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on my end, because I'm moderately high, somewhat or more likely to act out verbally, <laughs> express their frustration, disappointment, or irritation. When stirred up or upset or angry or irritated, they can take longer to calm down and more argumentative than the average and can lose their 
and can lose their composure. They can be at sometimes provocative in a, a dispute. So just two aspects there. I don't know if it just makes me uncomfortable or if they're actual, actually true. I don't think that I'm very, I don't typically, it's funny how we get defensive of those things we don't like, right? Mm. But I don't typically think I'm provocative in a dispute. Do I challenge people? Is that proper? Or provocation? I don't know. I you suppose. Do. do I lose my composure? You have told me that you can see that mm, something's bothering you. Right. So that's, and yeah, and I do at times, I know that I don't wear on my face. I don't wear that mask very well. When I am disappointed or upset or frustration, I, I can get, I can have resting bitch face. You don't have a great poker face. You don't have a lot of poker face. Um, well, just so you know, neither does your energy because your energy goes, it just tanks real low, real fast. And I'm like, oh, well, you're a joy to be around. Anyway, <laughs> send flowers too. Go ahead. All right. Back to, what am I? I'm low. You're back low. to the low people. They rarely express their frustration, disappointment, and irritability and appear reasonable when they do so. Mm-hmm. And even on rare occasions, they become stirred up, upset, angry, irritated. They can calm down quickly. They are much less argumentative than the average and rarely lose their composure. Well, you and I have had, you know, I would say challenging conversations. Mm -hmm. Would you say that describes me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Mine, mine. I think that goes with. It does. Mm -hmm. It does. And in in fact, it's part of that. Mm -hmm. Volatile people tend to get upset if something bad does happen. Now, that stands out in my life very much so, whether it's me or others. When I see things go bad, I am, I get worked up and I, the interesting thing is, and it doesn't happen too much, but when I used to fight, even after fighting, even if that career was way behind me, I could sit on the couch and watch boxing matches and I'd sweat like a pig, right? I, things are going, I don't like this. I don't, I, I don't like the way this is happening. If my guys get beat or whatever, right? But the other is technically volatility has been associated with an activity of the brainstem that regulates fight, flight, freeze. And I would say fear. Hmm. So we've had conversations about whether they mention in there that volatility can be expressed by people such as myself. Then when situations go bad. Now, I will say that volatility, not a disclaimer, but volatility is that aspect in leadership that we are responsible for everybody in our charge. If it's just from your perspective, from my perspective. As an entrepreneur, or if I were literally had people in my charge to care for, mm-hmm. if something went bad for them, I, <clears throat> my, my dad will hopefully be watching us. I know he will. And then I have made this, I've made this conclusion in my own life is that my dad, God love you, was a bit of a hothead when he was younger. And when things go wrong, my dad would get mad first. And it took me a long time to understand, well, hey, I got all skinned up and bruised. How about a kiss on the forehead? Mm -hmm. That wasn't his MOS, Mm -hmm. right? That's not his, that's not what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to protect you. Mm -hmm. And that anger and volatility is because he's scared. Mm -hmm. That's where that comes from. I have that. Mm -hmm. I still have that today. Yes, you do. And uh, that is, that's why I plug that in as fear. It's not just uh, fight or flight. It's fear. And when you, when you sort through that anger and the volatility, it has to do with, I'm, you know, I really don't mean to act like that. It's almost a, this thing that I told you not to do that instead of, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I would go back to something that Dr. Peterson talks about managing ourselves mm-hmm. and managing the monsters, managing the pieces of us. He doesn't really talk about that. I'm saying that, but he talks about 
recommend managing your rosters um, is managing what you already know. So you you are aware of these pieces about yourself. Do are they favorable for me, or do I have to address them from time to time, or yeah, manage them from yeah. time to time? So. Yeah. One of the things I was going to ask you is, Dr. Caldwell, do you, who do you think rate higher in volatility? I would sure definitely you're... say it's men. Well, that's shocking. You are yeah. correct. It is men. Men are 57.5. Or wait. Yes. A women. Women are higher in volatility than men. Oh, I just read that oh. wrong. Ah, breaking news. Oh. I read that wrong. Volatility oh. is higher. Women are higher in volatility than men. Yes. Women is 57.5 and men are 42.5. So. May, I, may I change my answer? You may not. It's too late. After You're... thinking through that, mm-hmm. after thinking through that, emotionally, mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. women would be higher in volatility because Go they- Go after us our emotions. Well, it's just how we are. We don't right? have any of them. Men are cold-hearted bastards and women are- <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. What's next? Openness. Moving on to openness. Yes. You clearly manage yourself over there quite well. That's my order. your orderliness. Openness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was moderately high. Sixty-eight percent mm-hmm. um, is you are moderately high in openness, which is primarily a dimension of creativity, artistic interest, and intelligence, particularly verbal intelligence. <coughs> in the Big Five personality trait. Oh, I was just talking about the model. Openness is a measure of interest in novelty, art, like literature, abstract thinking, philosophy, as well as sensitivity to its aesthetics, emotions, and beauty. Yeah, I get. I got the same thing. What did you score? A 68. What'd you get? I got a 95. Oh, you, you just act like you. Anyway. What you got? What, what do, do you got the people with the moderately high? Pretty much superhuman. Anyway, <laughs> people with very high levels of openness are extremely likely to be characterized by others as uncommonly smart, creative, exploratory, intelligent, and visionary. Oh, my. <laughs> it's quite. It's Try quite living so, up to that. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Whoa. <clears throat> I will continue only, yes. only quickly because... And everyone, anyways, I said, yes, yes, yes. Now, it takes a bit of, I'm trying to be modest, trying to be humble. But yeah, man, that sounds like me. Well, I'm not trying to paint myself as a superhero, right? Where do I hang my cape? Mm-hmm. This, this, those are things I see that I, I think I possess. And I, I think it's one of those things that I, I lean into, too, right? Um, strikingly interested in learning, consistently acquiring new abilities and skills. Yes, yes, yes. I love that kind of stuff. Curious and exploratory, interested in abstract thinking, philosophy, meanings and beliefs of systems and ideologies. Could love all that. Seek out cultural events, movies, concerts. Not, not, not really, but I really do love galleries. I love art shows. I love, I love to meet people who have that, who have that vein of creativity. You like to awesome. meet people. Yeah, I do. But man, really creative people. That's really, amazing. get your, we, get we your just, we going. just this morning we were just having breakfast and I showed. Liz, this guy who has this new mechanism for pedaling bikes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was all over that, right? Yes, you were super excited. It's super exciting yeah. because I can see as an engineer how that works, but then I explained to you why that works so well, and this is how I'd make it better. As soon as I saw his thing, which he's made this, he's probably doubled the output of the ability to do what he does, but I'm making it better already, right? That's right. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, I'm usually likely to en- enjoy writing, even if I'm driven to work, even if it's something mandatory. I do enjoy writing. They enjoy complex, abstract ideas, love to confront and solve complex and abstract problems, multiple dimensional problems, likely to be prolific readers. I'm not a strong reader, but I do consume a lot of information. They are unusually wide range in interests. I'm not going to bore you with all of these things because I am just so amazing. According to this, people who are high in openness can be, can see old things in strikingly new ways which I think I do. So you do. 
I do. You just you just described. It. I know. You I know. literally <clears throat> just described. Yeah. That's exactly what you did this morning. They can formulate any single problem into uncommonly diverse ranges. I can. I do. I try to problem solve on many different on using lateral logic, not not just linear logic. So they continually seek change. Yeah, somewhat. But I am very much a creature of habit too. Often like to make things better, but also for the don't change for the sake of change. Not well adapted to do. And and do not do well with others in situations. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I am I I am what I am. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like to do that. That speaks to my choices in athletic activities and adventures and all that stuff. I like to do a lot of same stuff on myself. Don't fit well in the in the bottom of hierarchies. No, I don't. I'm uncommonly ill suited for entry level position positions. That's true. I don't I don't think that I have to be at the top. But I have a tough time being at the bottom. Whatever. Very radical thinkers like to shake things up, particularly if they're disagreeable. Mindset, just for a healing moment, getting off of that yes. pedestal. I'm a creative thinker, there a radical thinker, and it does say. To, uh, I do like to shake things up a little bit, but that's also because I like to think outside the box and find different ways and avenues. And I always think there's more. I mean, I guess that's not a good terminology there's more than one way to skip. yeah there is but no, it's not always goodness it just keeps going on i yeah. know this is a long one this was quite long this one in here says that i'm more likely to be the rebel i'm more likely to be the revelatory revolutionary rebel i'm very high in openness and entrepreneurial skills smart creative interest in creating new things ventures true 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 yeah there's just this is yeah this one has a lot of yeah, I think the the entrepreneurial spirit it really resonated for both you and I, and just leadership roles and things of that nature. I mean, this is this one's just quite long and, and, and mm-hmm. it is long to, to be underachievers. Oh, okay, I see. Open, unconscientious people to be underachievers, but in this category, for women and men, differ a little in openness at their trait level, and it didn't really say. No, it doesn't. There are differences in their aspects of levels, so there's not a number for this one. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, no real score for that. No real score. Those who are Women liberal men. politically are very much likely to be high in openness. I can I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I've made the I've made the uh, very rough conclusion that most businesses are started by people who are more creative on the liberal side, but they're run very much by people who are more disciplined on the conservative side. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it just takes that. So we're rounding down with, we've got intellect left and we're going to kind of get through this pretty quickly. And then yeah, we have a almost done. So we're going to wrap that up. Intellect, again, we want to recall that this is not an IQ exam or a, right. a test of that That's ability, right. though I did score at an 82 in Yukon. Not competitive, are you? No, I'm not competitive. Yeah. yeah. I, IQ is a measure of processing speed, verbal ability, working memory, problem solving. Yeah. True enough. This kind of just reflects a little bit what we were just talking about. People high in intellect are quite interested in ideas and abstract concepts. Mm-hmm. They enjoy being confronted with novel information when it's complex, which is true. I like learning new things. I think that's been, and I, I shared that with you, a kickback <clears> on my <throat> personality. Sometimes I almost sound antagonizing when I'm ga- gathering more information and it can come off maybe assertive or really aggressive and, and maybe belittling or judging. And I'm like, actually, I'm just trying to gather more information because I'm curious. Mm. And that, I think, tends to do me unfavorable response from some people. And I've noticed, I'm like, oh, no, you're misreading. I'm not 
judging you. I'm trying to get more information from you. That you're substantially more curious and exploratory than average and frequently like to tackle and solve problems. They will actively engage and seek out and initiate initiate issue-oriented discussions and are likely to read and think about and want to discuss the idea-centered books. I mean, so just a lot of curiosity is what I read here. Mm-hmm. And that I do feel like really reads well for me. So yeah, yeah. what is your perspective? Oh, no, no, no. Mine reads the same way. I happen to agree with everything that it does to clarify that aspect. They have a wide vocabulary, actively enjoy learning new things, often find and generate novel or creative concepts. I think that's true. People high in intellect find complex, uh, rapidly changing occupations to their knowledge will generally be well suited for them. So they find these things that are evolving or changing. Oh yeah, I want to, I want to be, in this case, it's not technology, but sometimes it is. How does that thing work? Hey, I made an improvement here. They're, they really do like to look at Well, it. and I, I, in reading that, it makes me recall um, briefly that when I was sharing with you about all my errands in the fire, I'm like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And by the way, I've decided to do this and I'm taking <clears> this on. Yeah. And um, I'm like, because I have time for all of these things. Um, yeah. But that is kind of the dynamic yes. I have yeah. going. So here's a note. We throw in the caveat. This has nothing to do with IQ. Yeah, and it's important because I'm sure what we're about to you're about to feathers. state is going to really ruffle right. feathers. Women are lower than men in intellect. Mm-hmm. Now, that is probably a difference in, in interests. People of high intellect compared to aesthetics are more likely to prefer the sciences than to art. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the... I'm not offended. That's the gender attraction, right? Men... Males are more attracted to spatial concepts, like the mechanical workings. Women are more attractive to people and their social interactions. But nutshell, that's very much a nutshell. I'm very high. I do okay. Anyway, aesthetics. Yes. 80, I got a 95. I got a 44. So Ooh. yeah, well, I'm typical or average. So what can I say? Yeah. And we'll briefly go over this. And yeah. that is, quick. is an aspect of openness is and that that don't want to what did, what did you the, the takeaway from this yeah the takeaway is generally yeah. speaking a yeah. person's aesthetic score reflects their creative the mm-hmm. creative people and where they are with high aesthetics the love for beauty i, I do yeah i that's very much true i love i have a very love uh, love for beauty in all, all aspects it's i think it's fascinating um, they require an outlet for their creative ability if they cannot or they cannot thrive i think that's true mm-hmm. even in the entrepreneurial thing there are times where an entrepreneur might feel like he's getting bogged down and needs another something. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that, are you a strong finisher? Are you a strong starter? That's just how people are, right? Sure. Yeah. They very much like to collect things now and then to point out an obsession. Okay. That's me. Yeah. I know that's kind of weird, but because I like to create art, if there's three or more of anything, well, that's a collection. So I do. And then over time I go, well, okay, but I throw that away. But I have, I do have, I don't think I'm much of a daydreamer, but I do see things in things. I, I can see a sculpture in the marble sometimes uncommonly uh, affected my music. That is true of my life. Very much. Yes. Music touches me quite, quite, quite easily. How about you? All, the, all very similar. Okay. And we're on the same page right now. They tend to be quite stable and reasonably conventional, particularly if you're also average or above average in conscientiousness. At least moderate levels of creativity tend to be necessary for entrepreneur, entrepreneurial success and prove comparatively useful for the top hierarchies, even in very conservative occupations such as banking, accounting, and things of that nature. Yeah. Women are higher in aesthetics than men and 
the mean for this would be women are at 56.5 and men are 44. Yeah. Note to mine is I can be very impractical and flaggy and extremely difficult to transform creativity into money. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of true in the entrepreneurial spirit. I remember when I when I first got started into when I first got started into bodybuilder and I thought that would be my career. I can remember at different times and in different times but situations are very very common sitting at my oldest brother's table and sitting at my own dinner table with my father and going, "How are you going to make how are you going to make money with barbells, right? Mm-hmm. You can't eat a barbell." Yeah, true, but your your passion becomes your business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's how that works. This was fun. This is interesting. There's a lot of work, but I I like. I that. always prefer that everyone like comment and give us your feedback. Go and untake yeah. understand myself. Yeah. Dot com. It's nine ninety five, and yes, I am plugging for Dr. Peterson because also I am a fan. And yeah. and and upon as we've as you as if I can talk as you have listened, there's more where it, it sinks into your thought process, your reflective thought process of something yeah. like, ah, that actually might be true more than I want. I'm going to hang on to mine. Well, perhaps you should. Yeah. Oh, what's that supposed to mean? Thank you for listening. <laughs> we appreciate you. Liz, thanks for having you guys take care of yourself. <laughs> and always be compassionate to yourself. Show some grace. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.